Exodus chapter 4. Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, Yahweh didn't appear to you. Yahweh said to him, What is in your hand? He said, A rod. He said, Throw it on the ground. And he threw it on the ground, and it became a snake. And Moses ran away from it. Yahweh said to Moses, Put forth your hand and take it by the tail. He put forth his hand and laid hold of it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that Yahweh, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you, Yahweh said furthermore to him, Now put your hand inside your cloak. He put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous, as white as snow. He said, Put your hand inside your cloak again. He put his hand inside his cloak again, and when he took it out of his cloak, behold, it had turned again as his other flesh. It will happen if they neither believe you nor listen to the voice of the first sign, they will believe the voice of the latter sign. It will happen that if they will not believe even these two signs, neither listen to your voice, that you shall take of the water of the river and pour it on dry land. The water which you take out of the river will become blood on the dry land. Moses said to Yahweh, O Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before now nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Yahweh said to him, Who made man's mouth? Or who makes one mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Isn't it I, Yahweh? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. He said, O oh Lord, please send someone else. The anger of Yahweh was kindled against Moses, and he said, What about Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Also, behold, he comes forth to meet you. He will be, when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you shall do. He will be your spokesman to the people, and it will happen. Then he will be to you a mouth, and you will be to him as God. You shall take this rod in your hand, with which you shall do the signs. Moses went and returned to Jethro his father-in-law and said to him, Please let me go and return to my brothers who are in Egypt and see whether they are still alive. Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Yahweh said to Moses in Midian, Go, return into Egypt, for all the men who sought your life are dead. Moses took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. Moses took God's rod in his hand. Yahweh said to Moses, When you go back into Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all the wonders which I have put in your hand. But I will harden his heart, and he will not let the people go. You shall tell Pharaoh, Thus says Yahweh, Israel is my son, my firstborn. And I have said to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. And you have refused to let him go. Behold, I will kill your son, your firstborn. 
It happened on the way at a lodging place that Yahweh met him and wanted to kill him. Then Zipporah took a flint and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet. And she said, surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him alone. Then she said, you are a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. Yahweh said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. He went and met him on God's mountain and kissed him. Moses told Aaron all the words of Yahweh with which he had sent him and all the signs with which he had charged him. Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words which Yahweh had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. The people believed. And when they heard that Yahweh had visited the children of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. Moses is making excuses. He made one in the last chapter, and now he makes three more, four excuses. And later on, after he's gone, he makes even kind of more attempts to get out of it. God says to him, what's in your hand? Because his excuse is, no one's going to listen to me. So God says, what's in your hand? He says, a rod. And then God shows him how to use the rod to do some signs. And um, we sometimes think as Christians that we can't serve God because we're not capable. We've got nothing. You know, sometimes we think, oh, if God would just give me this or give me that, then I would serve him. But God doesn't give to Moses anything he doesn't already have here. He just says, what have you got? A rod. You know, God, when he calls us to serve him, we can serve him with what we've got. God can add to us as we go along, but God wants us not to wait until we feel better equipped to then serve him. We're called to serve him where we are right now. So Moses makes these four excuses. Number one, who am I? I'm a nobody. And it's actually great to think that you're a nobody so that you can trust in God. But number two, he says, they won't believe me. God doesn't care that they won't believe him. In fact, he says, Pharaoh won't believe you. So that's actually something that's going to happen. His third excuse, he says, but I'm not a good speaker. And um, God uh, gets, ang- gets a bit angry and says, who made man's mouth? You know, and then finally he just says, please pick someone else. <laughs> Moses did, did not want to go. And I think sometimes we, it reminds me of my kids. So we... Um, we, we forget that Moses was raised in Egypt. He was raised in the Egyptian palace. Moses must have known a lot of things we didn't know. We don't know. We read this and we think he's just making excuses or he's just scared. Or I think he was really scared. I think this was a really big effort for him. And um, so he makes four excuses here and he makes some more kind of attempts later. Contrast this with Mary in the New Testament. Mary is told by an angel, you're going to get pregnant. And it's going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And you're going to conceive the Messiah. She must have had a bucket load of questions. It must have been scary as well for her. And she just, she doesn't say anything about, I don't want to do this. Or why to pick me? Or who am I? Or, you know, I can't do this. Or... There's no excuses. She asks some questions about how will this be? She wants to understand. And then she says, let it be according to me. Let it be to me according to your will. 
So Mary is, is actually one of the few people in the entire Bible I think is truly remarkable because she just, she's wanting to know how, but she just is so humble and surrendered to what God wants. And the Bible says Mary was highly favored. And uh, there's a reason, you can see why. And uh, whereas God picks Moses because I think because of his humility and because he's well placed for the job, but I don't think Moses is, uh, he, the Bible doesn't say he's highly favored. Well, I'm sure the Lord did love him deeply. And so we gotta be people like Mary uh, you know, willing to do what the Lord wants, trusting him. And um, anyway, Moses goes, gets his wife and his sons, and they're going to Egypt. And then it says that the Lord sought to kill him on the way. And his wife, Zipporah, took a flint knife and circumcised their son and threw the foreskin, the piece of skin, at her husband and said, you're a bridegroom of blood. And this is just such a strange part of the chapter. We kind of wonder what on earth's going on? How did Zipporah even know to do that? Why didn't Moses circumcise his son? There's lots of questions. I read some commentaries on this. And um, in, in the Hebrew language, the phrase that says God sought to kill him is got um, overtones. It's kind of like a, a, a set of words that has a double meaning. So one set of meaning is the literal God sought to kill, but another, the other meaning was basically that he became ill to the point of death. In other words, he became sick. So what we've got here, at least the commentators all seem to think, that Moses, they were on their way to Egypt and Moses became sick. And he became so sick, um, according to some of the other things that I've read about it, he became so sick he could hardly walk, he could hardly move that he, he almost wasn't capable, he wasn't capable of traveling. He was really unwell. And, um, but his wife, Zipporah, knew that it was because this boy wasn't circumcised. And one of the commentators, um, the pulpit commentary, it was suggesting that, because Moses had two sons and one of them was older, he was maybe 12 or 13 at this point, but the other son they think was perhaps brand new and was supposed to have been circumcised as a, as a, as a young child, but Moses just hadn't done it. So in other words, Moses had just been um, neglectful and his wife knew and, um, and somehow in the moment she knew that Moses is sick because he has not obeyed the Lord. And so she circumcises the boy and um, like wives, sometimes when their husbands have been neglectful, um, they can be direct and say, you're a bridegroom of blood, and throws the foreskin at him. And Moses would have just been sick, laying on the ground, and couldn't do anything about it, but it says he recovered. And you think to yourself, this is an interesting bit, bit of a story, because Moses is called by God to go and do this great thing, but then God puts this sickness on him, and he's going to die. And you think to yourself, how? Why did God do that? Why did God try to kill the person that he's called? And the truth of it is that when God calls people, he doesn't excuse their behavior because of the call. He doesn't say, oh, because I've called them to be a leader or because I've called them to be a pastor, I'm gonna overlook their sins. Um, the requirements go up, not down. So 
if Moses wasn't called to be the leader, it still would have been sin and still would have been neglectful, but it may not have had such a heavy amount of consequences. And so it's almost because of the fact that he's called to serve the Lord, he's got to pay more attention. And so it just goes to show us that, that we need to pay attention to make sure we're not neglectful about the things of the Lord. Circumcision, of course, was a sign of the covenant. You know, God said to Abraham to circumcise all your boys when they're born. Moses would have known about it, and, um, but he was neglectful. So by this point, we get the impression of Moses that he's a bit stubborn uh, because he doesn't want to do what God's saying whereas I think he was just terrified of going to Egypt because he knew it. We get the impression that he's lazy because he's neglectful and he doesn't circumcise his son, but it could have been something, something as simple as just not having thought about it. He could have had so much on his mind with thinking about Egypt, he didn't think about day-to-day -day things, very easy to do. And so you can get the impression of Moses that he's, he's just not a good pick. And the truth is that even the best leaders are just humans and they make mistakes. And you would think that God chose the wrong person, but no, God chose the right person. God knew that only Moses could have done what he ended up doing. So on, you know, you've got so many different things going on in a chapter like this, but in the end we look at this and we say, you know, God uses people, people with mistakes, people with faults, people with flaws, people like you. God uses you. You might be thinking you've got mistakes and faults and you might have a thousand excuses, but God uses you. And along with that, we're reminded not to be neglectful about our walk with the Lord. So Father in heaven, help us. Help us to, to uh, not be neglectful. Help us to acknowledge our faults. Help us, give us the grace to love those who jump in around us and help us out like Moses' wife helped him out. Give us the grace to accept them, even if they're a bit cranky about it at the time. Father, I ask your hand to be upon us. Help us to serve you with the heart that Moses did. Give us the grace not to be stubborn, not to be lazy, but to be wholehearted. Lord, bless your people. Pray in Jesus' name.